sets down his wheelbarrow and looks back at Leomont. Can you tell me where to find the main house? The entrance. The old man gestures with his free hand. Over there. Then, taking up the handle of his wheelbarrow once more, he shuffles past the trap towards the orchard. Leomont listens as his footsteps die away. Eventually he turns to Mr. Dean and says, Silent as a tomb. Mr. Dean shrugs. Dr. Learmont climbs down onto the gravel, shakes his legs, and looks around. The old man seemed to be pointing beyond the overspilling garden wall. This, too, has a small doorway in it. "'Why don't you wait here?' Learmont suggests to Mr. Dean. "'I'll go and find—' He holds his yellow paper up and scrutinizes it again. "'This Mr. Carafax.' Mr. Dean nods. Dr. Learmont takes his case and inhaler, steps onto a strip of grass, and crosses a small wooden bridge above the moat-like stream. Then, lowering his head beneath wisteria that managed to brush it nonetheless, he walks through the doorway. Inside the garden are chrysanthemums, irises, tulips, and anemones, all stacked and tumbling over one another on both sides of a path of uneven mosaic paving stones. Leomont follows the path towards a passageway formed by hedges and a roof of trellis strung with poison berries and some kind of wiry, light-brown vine whose strands lead off to what look like stables. As he nears the passageway, he can hear a buzzing sound. He stops and listens. It seems to be coming from the stables, an intermittent mechanical buzz. Leomont thinks of going in and asking the people operating the machinery for more directions, but reasoning that it might be running on its own, decides instead to continue following the path. This forks to the right, and after passing through a doorway and another wall, splits into a maze pattern that unfolds across a lawn on whose far side stands another wall containing yet another doorway. Leomont strides across the lawn and steps through this third doorway, which deposits him onto the edge of the orchard he saw as he first arrived. The large, lightly sloping gravel path he descended with Mr. Dean is now on the orchard's far side, half hidden by the conifers. A smaller footpath, on which he's now standing, lies perpendicular to this, between the garden's outer wall and the orchard's lower edge. The children are still there, wrapped up in their mute pantomime. Leomont runs his eye beyond them. The rows of small, white-fruited trees give over to an unkempt lawn that, after sixty yards or so, turns into a field on which the odd sheep grazes. The field rises to a ridge. A telegraph line runs across this, then falls down the far side, away from view. Leomont glances at his paper once again, then turns to his left and follows the footpath along the garden's outer wall, until he eventually finds, at the end of this, the house. 2. He rings the bell, then steps back and looks up at the building. Its front is overgrown with ivy that has started to turn red. He rings the bell again, bringing his ear up to the door. This time someone's heard it. He can hear footsteps approaching. A maid opens for him, She looks flustered, her hair is disheveled, her sleeves rolled up and her hands and brow wet. A girl of three or four stands behind her, holding a towel. Both maid and girl look at Learmont's case and inhaler. Delivery, 
the maid asks. Well, I, yes, he answers, holding up his paper. I've come to... A man appears from within the house and pushes his way past the maid and child. Zinc and selenium, he barks out. That's in the trap, Leomont replies, but I came with it to... And acid and the reels of copper, the man interrupts. He's portly and his voice is booming. He must be forty, forty-four. Came to... what? I came to deliver the baby. Came to... ah, yes, deliver, of course. Splendid. You can... yes, let's see. Maureen, can you show where... You say the copper's in the drive? Beyond the... Dr. Learmont tries to point back past the gardens, but he can't remember which direction he's...